I taught. So um, I guess God is up to something. <laughs> um, I don't think I was supposed to teach. I don't think I was on a list to teach. <laughs> but um, I think the Sunday before Thanksgiving, um, I was out, I was talking to Pastor Keith, and I was asking him about just anxiety when he teaches. And so we was having a conversation, and he was just saying, um, when he gets up here, you got to get to the anxiety. And so I took that as, okay, I can have anxiety. I will find every excuse and reason to justify to be, to like live in anxiety. And so um, he elaborated, of course, and he said, you get to the anxiety. It's going to be there. But when you get to it, you got to get through it because it'll go away. And so I'm, I'm just feeding my spirit that right now because I am walking in a level of anxiety. Um, so I'm going to start out with a prayer. <laughs> Um, Father God, we just thank you, Lord, for this day. Um, Holy Spirit, I ask that um, you just speak through me. Allow me to say the right words. Allow me to impact some lives. Um, and just thank you for giving me the ability to share. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. So I got to drink my water. My mouth gets dry. Okay. So I'm gonna start out with a question. Um, and you don't have to raise your hand when I ask this question. Um, how many of y'all are waiting on God to move on a situation in your life? <sighs> Whether it's your ministry to change, um, people in your ministry to step up, um, transformation in your marriage, this hits me the most. Just asking God for a clean heart. Um, your health. Or even just a renewal of just that negative mind. To just have more of a positive mind. Um, so that you can have more of a positive outlook on life. Um, now while you're waiting... What are you really doing during the wait? Like Pastor Keith always say, when no one's around, when it's just you and God in that room, when it's just you and God in that car, what are you really doing while you're waiting? Um, you know, right now, if I could be transparent, you know, I got a whole laundry list <laughs> for God. You know, I'm waiting on several things. And sometimes I walk in, in fear, and it's like a fear of unknown. And that fear is I want God's picture to match my picture. Like things that I'm praying for, I want, like it's just this fantasy in my head, I guess. It's like this fantasy. Like I want God to just match it. And I feel like if God doesn't match this picture, I'm not going to be happy. I'm going to be sad. 
But then the Holy Spirit always reminds me that God's will is better than mine's. And so before I introduce my topic, <laughs> if we can all turn to James chapter 5, and we'll start with verse 7. When you dare say I'm there, I always wanted to say that. <laughs> okay. All right. So the title of James chapter 5, starting with verse 7, the title was Be Patient and Persevering. Therefore, be patient, brethren, until the coming of the Lord. See how the farmer waits for the precious fruit of the earth waiting patiently for it until it receives the early and latter rain. You also be patient, or well, verse 8, you also be patient, establish your hearts, for the coming of the Lord is at hand. So if we go back to verse 7. Even while the farmer is waiting patiently, for the crops to grow, there's still much work he has to do. Like he can't take the summer off. He can't just sit back and just chill because then what happen? He won't eat. And so um, that goes for us in our lives. So anyway, if we go to verse eight, it says be patient establish your hearts once again while you're waiting be patient but you have to do something you can't just sit there you have to do something so I was going to the grocery store and um, I wasn't all the way out of my community yet and there was like the there was this big orange construction sign and it said road work ahead and it got my attention. A construction, a construction sign should always get our attention. But for me, I'm, sometimes I'm zoned out sometime. So I was speeding the construction site. Like, seriously. And so at this particular moment, it just got my attention. So it was the Holy Spirit was saying, in spite of your circumstances, in spite of what you're going through, I'm here. I got it. I'm going to guide you. However, you got some work to do. This road you on, everything that's happening, these trials that you're facing, this adversity, the discouragement, it's for a purpose. However, I'm going to deliver you, but you got to do some work. You got to do more. And it just hit me. Because I know in my heart, I know I have to do more. And so I drove off. I got on the main road. And I'm like, really, Lord? <laughs> like, for real? 
But then I started thinking, I said, okay, on this road, what am I being convicted of? What am I being challenged to do? And God is telling me, I'm challenging you to do my work. You're trying to do your work. But I need you to do work to advance my kingdom. You're trying to do work to advance like your little kingdom that you're sitting in. <laughs> but it's mine. It's about me. You're required to do what I want you to do. And, you know, I, Pastor always says, conviction brings transformation. But we don't think of it like that. We think of it as a, a death sentence. But if we're going to grow, if we're going to be the best version of ourselves, we got to do the required work. And so when I got that revelation, and right now, if I could be honest, I don't know what God is challenging me to do. I know it's, it's for him, but even sitting up here right now, like I said earlier, I don't think I was on a list to teach. <laughs> I mean, I don't think I was. I mean, I'm in my head. But a part of me wanted to because I started feeling like I was on fire for God. But I started feeling stuck. Like there's, 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 I'm in my way. There's so much more to do. And so um, being up here now, punking my flesh, it's a part of the work that I'm supposed to do down this road. I can't look to the left. I can't look to the right. I can't go back. Like, we got to keep moving forward. We can't let nothing get in our way. Because if we do, we're going to be stuck and we're going to go back. If your heart is messed up, go to God. Ask God about it. Clean it up. Stop being scared. Get out your own way. I'm ministering to myself, y'all. I don't even know where I'm at. Let me get on my notes. <sighs> I looked up the definition of a road. And the definition of a road, it says, a road is vital and important in order to make a nation grow and develop. That's where you get direction. So this road that you're on, you're getting direction. Who are you getting direction from? So I said, okay, you know, I'm on a, you know, sometimes I get off the road sometimes. But, right, yeah, speed bumps and stuff, yeah. <laughs> but the point of the road is to get guidance. There's, I don't, I'm not sure if y'all are familiar with Charlotte like that, but on Sugar Creek, they're doing construction. And it was a neighborhood where I think it's one way in, one way out. It was. And now there's, there's like different, they, oh my God, there's, I didn't even know you can get to Ikea from this way until roads were opened up. And so I, I thought about it. I said, okay, roads are opened up. So I can either go this way. I can either go that way. Every road is not going to be clean, a clean sweep. However, every pathway 
is an opportunity for obedience. So I was reading um, um, with Joseph and Mary and when Jesus was conceived. And we all know Joseph wasn't the father. God was the father. And um, he wanted to call off the engagement um, quietly so that it wouldn't be a public shame. And so God sent his messenger to Joseph for him to be obedient. It was an opportunity to be obedient. And he was because he ended up marrying her. But my point is, he could have went the other way. But he went the right way. It was like obedience to guidance. Obedience to guidance. And so, you know, I, I just, you know, I just, I look at my life. I look at my downfalls. I look at my imperfections. I look at all my flaws. But all of that was for a reason. That's, like, that's the, the work that we have to do on this road. Like, we got to go through it. We got to work. But we got to put in the work for the Lord. Not for, not for nothing else. Like, we got to stay focused on the Lord. You know, you know when you're discouraged and you're, um, you're just discouraged. When you're discouraged in this world versus discouraged living for God. It hits different. When you in this world and you discouraged, you want to commit suicide, you fall in darkness, you fall in depression. But when you discourage and you living for God, you it's hope. You know I'm falling and I can't get up. Remember that commercial? I mean, I'm not talking about the old lady, but you, I'm falling, I can't get up. When you living for God, you falling. You might can't get up at the time, but you have hope. There's hope. Like, I'm going to get up. Like, oh, yeah, it's going to happen. I'm getting up. But in this world, you stuck there. And you die. And so, um, again, it goes back to when you're on this road, do the work. Work on yourself. Just, just share with people what you're going through. Whew. Mm. Whew. <laughs> Let's see. Mm. I was listening to this sermon, and it was about vision. I forgot who. I forgot who it was, but I was listening to this sermon, and it, this was this was good. It said, "You need a vision." that is forward and not backwards. And the moment you decide what in front of you is better than what's behind you, you'll be thinking that employer who fired you, the person who betrayed you, that addiction that you just couldn't just shake, and you was mad and angry because you went through it, but it was for a reason, and whatever else. 
And just because it didn't work out doesn't mean that God doesn't have something better for you. That no is one step closer to the yes. Because when God opened that door, well, actually, when that door is closed, you're going to bust it down. And it's going to be brighter. Your future is going to be better. You're going to see things more clear. Like, go do that stuff. Do the work. Like, don't run from it. Don't be scared of it. Like, you got to be a bull. For real. <laughs> like, go through it. Right. So, before I close out, short and sweet, um, there's some things that we have to work on on this road. And these things that I'm working on. And one of the things, and I, I found this somewhere, you have to identify your personal weakness. Where are you weak at? Just work on it. Don't hide it. That's my problem. Like, I lived a lot of my life, a lot of my years, hiding. Pastor Keith always says, like, you don't have to be perfect. Like, kill perfection. Because none of us is perfect. Recognize that the things that tempt you, like, recognize what's tempting me. Stay away from the sources that tempt you. Practice self-restraint. Whew, that's all for me. <laughs> Invest in good habits. And learn to lean on God's strength. The end. <laughs> Thank you, Jesus. Um,